This is Arby. And this is Michael. And you're listening to Powerverse. A weekly look at what it means to be gay and queer in the world today. Get into it, Henny. <laughs> On this episode of Powerverse... People need to be touched. There needs to be human connection and, like, the reduction of what the shame is around it. So, hi. Hi, <laughs> hi buddy. Hi, hi, Brian. Hi, Michael. It's wet outside today. It is. It's quite wet. Slippery. <laughs> Sliding. Moist. Do you like that word? I hate the word moist. So, can we just... Uh, Let's why? talk about words we don't like. Okay, ready? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, okay, words that I do not like. Pussy. <laughs> that i have to admit that's sarah silverman her version of the word pussy i don't like pussy and i didn't like i mean i well i don't like pussy really and i don't you like don't the like word. Pussy I don't, and you don't like the word i don't really pussy. like the word pussy and i didn't like it even more when donald trump when i recorded oh my trump gosh grabbing by the pussy. it's just so it's just so raw it's, it's so vulgar, vulgar and it's, it's just graphic uh moist i think is gross I don't mind moist so much. Moist pussy. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Okay. I have some other words. Supper. I hate the word supper. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I like supper. It makes me think of my granny. My mom always goes, let's have supper. Makes me think of, yeah. She's my mom. It is very southern. It is very southern. Um, To sup. No. Any other words? Fanny. <laughs> I don't mean to hate it, but Look I just think it, I think it's kind of funny thinking of like words that have that that kind of give me a nice little cackle. Yeah, that are, they make me a little uncomfortable. Fanny is one of Fanny, them. Fanny, supper, moist pussy. Fanny, did you have a moist pussy for supper this evening? <laughs> Anyways, it's wet, it's rainy. We're here. We're excited for episode two of Powerverse. Today we're talking about slut shaming and sex positivity. And having sexual experiences or engaging in sexual interactions and also looking for something meaningful emotionally. Exactly. I mean, I think that something that we are all battling with is this desire and this need that we have for genuine, authentic connection. Well, resolving that with a raw sexual energy that a lot of men have. And not all men have it. And and actually, we're going to talk about that. You and I are sexual beings. Right. I, I would definitely categorize myself, you know, as... Beast! <laughs> I have a bit of a sex drive. I enjoy sex. Sex is fun. It's sex great. is great. Except sex is a mood changer. I mean, obviously. Slurp. <laughs> I mean, look, we are literally, we are two whores looking for love. And I think that that is... An accurate description. It's an accurate description of us. I think we both, we are slutty sluts, sluttersons, looking for... A Mr. Slutty Wright. (laughs) And we're going to talk today about what sex positivity is and what it isn't, just as importantly, because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about what sex positivity means. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to break down, we're going to talk about slut shaming and and maybe some like internalized slut shaming that we've dealt with. Yeah, some of the guilt that we've had having those slutty weeks or slutty days or slutty months. (laughs) I know the other day my mom said she could count the number of people she's had sex with on one hand. And she looked at me and she was like, you can't be much more than that. <laughs> and I said, this week? <laughs> I was trying to remember my first grinder hookup um, the other day. And I was like, I don't think I could. I no. don't count them. I don't know. People that I've had on, on one hand, but whatever. Well, and yeah. 
I stopped counting a long time ago. <laughs> but but what is sex positivity? Like, what is it? What isn't it? Right. So there was this really wonderful article called What Does Sex Positive Mean Anyway on Refinery29, posted quite a while ago. And there's this really great quote uh, from Dr. Michael Critchman, who's a certified sex counselor and sexual medicine gynecologist. And he said, being sex positive is all about embracing that sexuality is a very important part of who you are, irrespective of your age and irrespective of the social construct. It means maintaining a healthy attitude toward sex or lack thereof and valuing it given your individual needs. Sex positivity also embraces the idea of being sexually educated and staying safe. I think that that's a wonderful definition or description of what sex positivity is, um, especially the part of understanding and having a healthy attitude. I think let's maybe unpack that 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 piece a little bit. Like, what is a, a healthy attitude towards sex? Right. And how do you maintain a healthy attitude towards sex? Well, I think the first thing that I really that stands out to me there is that is the lack thereof as well. And so it's having sex is healthy. Having sex is good. Right. Not having sex is healthy. Not having sex is good. I think that some people are Very sexual. legit sexual beings, right? They have a sexual drive. And I know people that, you know, on their lunch break, they like to go to a bathhouse and have sex. And that's a part of their day. And that is a part of their day. And that satisfies the sexual need that they have. But some people are also legitimately asexual. And that means they just don't experience sexual attraction and that is also a positive thing so i think one of the really fascinating things about being being sex positive is consistently learning what gets me going mm -hmm. what gets me moving exactly what's hot what's not and practicing that exactly i mean i think it's about knowing what it is that you like knowing what it is that you don't like this is your own personal journey right what i need and what i want and what i like and what i ascribe to is completely different from what you like and what you need and what you ascribe to and there is no room for judgment or for putting my values and my needs and my framework or my filter on you or anyone else in the world and that means if you like to have missionary position sex once a week with your partner and that makes you happy then that's great that is right. your truth you like to have multiple orgasms in a day. <laughs> what an, an ideal hour, life. ideally. <laughs> what are some other things that sex positivity is? It's about being safe. It's about doing it in an honest way. That all of our interactions with each other and with other people are rooted in an honesty, a respect for one another in a lot of ways. I think it's important to highlight how sex positivity came about, that it was born out of a feminist movement. Absolutely. And I just wanted to make sure that we also respect that. Right. That piece. You know, if you go back to that Refinery29 article that we found, they say that back in the 20s, William Reich, who was, who was a student of Freud, he was spreading the word that sex wasn't terrible, awful, no good thing that everyone chalked it up to be. In fact, he said embracing our sexual side could cure many of our ailments. And so suddenly sex wasn't just about procreation. Sexual health and general health go hand in hand. But during the 60s and the feminist movement of the 1960s is mm -hmm. when sex positivity really kind of came into the forefront. And it was about women taking control of their sexuality. Sexual, sexual lives and their sexuality and saying, I get to decide how I want to have sex and how I want to interact with other people. And, you know, for so long, I think women were just kind of viewed as, you know, objects to be used and to procreate and to make children. And that was the whole purpose of sex. Definitely. 
you know, as gay men, I think it's important for us to realize that our highly sexual energy and activities that happen in our community are a direct pushback to being told, this is how you're supposed to behave, right? This is what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. We can reject heteronormativity and mm -hmm. say, these are how, this is how we're gonna live and it doesn't matter what you think of us. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between promiscuity and sex positivity. And, and I think that it's important for us to learn what sex positivity actually looks like. Cause it's not, it's just not the same as sleeping with whomever you want to sleep with. So yeah, everyone should be fucking basically. No, everyone should be doing whatever they want, want to, to do. do. Yes. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Got it. Right. Whether that's having sex or not having sex. Exactly. So then the flip side of all of this, though, as well, is this idea of sex negativity, but it also is kind of rooted in the slut-shaming phenomenon that, that I see in the gay community a lot, and I don't know if you see it as well. Yeah, no, I had, I had a recent experience with a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. I remember. I was giving a recap about some sexual experiences that I had, and he really felt that a lot of what I was saying and a lot of my conversations were all about sex and that sex seemed to be the focus of most of my conversations and that that was unattractive to him which i am i do talk a lot about sex mm -hmm. sex is an important part of my life and i do mention it but where the shaming came in was further along in our conversation I started to sense judgment and I started to sense that he was trying to impose what his beliefs were about sex on me. Right. And that's where that slut shaming came in. And that's where the tricky part is with, you know, having someone close to you that may have currently more conservative views about sexuality. Yes, he may find a lot of talk about sex unattractive and that's totally fair. Right. But then at the same time, your actions aren't to dismiss or judge me or minimize me based on how how i view sex right i think it's also though within your responsibility as a sex positive person to know when to it's share and what people want to hear it's completely mm -hmm. okay for him to be like i don't Yo, hear slow this. up that's a lot right well and i remember there was a time when i was talking to one of my best friends who's also gay and he and i have very different sexual lives and i was so I had just moved to New York City and I was just sitting on everything I could find. Oh and my God, I know those days. Uh, when you first get there, and I remember getting home at Christmas break, and I was so proud of myself for being so sexually liberated that I wanted to tell him, and I was telling him every last story that I could tell. Mm -hmm. And finally, he said, "Michael, I don't, I don't want to know wanna hear this. about this anymore." Like you, he's like, <laughs> I get don't, it. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Number 20. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, seriously. And friends of mine are like, or, or this homie's like, I don't even know which person, you know, like, am I supposed to <laughs> yeah, which, which name this is? And I had to take a second. And it was a learning experience for us. It was a learning experience yeah. in our friendship. We both had to realize that we had different approaches of, about sex. And, and to your point, I had to realize, okay. I may, may be oversharing in a way that that's challenging him and I can dial back on that, on right. that bit. Like the, this is a, maybe this is a conversation reserved for someone else. Right. The other thing that kind of struck me in the conversation, I realized how much heteronormative ideals have seeped into our community. You know, he said he was just like, I feel like all gay men do is talk about sex. And I had to ask him, is that a problem? Hmm. Is that a bad thing? You know? Do you think it is? I don't. But I think sex is something 
fun to talk about. It's something you, it's a, it's joyful. It, you shouldn't, you should. So then what I'm saying is where does that negativity, sex negativity come from that forces you to think that this is something that shouldn't be discussed or shouldn't be celebrated? Right. Well, and if you unpack it and you look at it, it often comes from the puritanical values of our society that we live in or the communities in which we live that say that sex is supposed to be for a marriage or sex is supposed to be for this. It's it's other people's belief systems being mm -hmm. imposed on, on other people saying, this is how you're supposed to have sex. Whereas sex positivity would be the opposite, saying, I don't have the right to tell anyone how they want to have sex as long as it's happening between two consensual adults. And that's really the basis of it, right? right. And the way we kind of ended our discussion is I acknowledged what may be too much for him and I told him I would never tell you you need to have more sex because in your life will be better because hmm. that's a, then that's where you, you're taking it a bit too far because right. that's when you're trying to impose your beliefs on someone else telling them what they should be doing right and I also told him you shouldn't tell me how much or how little sex I should have either absolutely if you don't know the book the ethical slut I highly recommend that you download it you can go online uh, actually we'll put it we'll link to it on our facebook page uh but the ethical slut was this book written by um dossie easton and janet hardy and it's a practical guide to polyamory open relationships and other adventures and i would recommend reading this even if you don't think that you would ever want to be in a polyamorous or a relationship or in an open relationship there are so many gems about this that come from this book that really teach us like how can we operate in the world as sex positive individuals but do so in an ethical way so that we're not hurting ourselves or hurting others from the ethical slut one of my favorite passages you know the ethical slut is really a th it's a th it's a it's a framework for thinking about sex and sex positivity one of my favorite quotes was we believe that sex and sexual love are fundamental forces for good activities with the potential to strengthen intimate bonds enhance lives, open spiritual awareness, and even change the world. Furthermore, we believe that every consensual sexual relationship has these potentials and that any erotic pathway consciously chosen and mindfully followed can be a positive, creative force in the lives of individuals in their communities. One of those passages, I agree with it, you hear for a second, you look back at yourself, and you're like, damn, I'm a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And you just, you kind of like, one of those moments, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm there, <laughs> got it. Exactly. What is an ethical slut? These are just some points taken from the book. It's an individual who believes in free love and that sex is natural. Uh, individual who knows themselves and their sexuality, a truthful and honest individual. And I think that honesty is really the key for for ethical sluthood, but it's also the key for being sex positive, right? You should be able, you should be communicating your needs and your wants and your desires and being honest about where you are and who you are and what you're, you know, what you need. And, you know, that more plays out, I think, in the context of open relationships and polyamory. You can have sex with someone as long as you're being honest with them about what they should expect and what you're looking for, right? They should, people should know what they're getting out of, what they're getting into with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, consensual individuals are ethical sluts, individuals who are open, and individuals that handle their emotions in a healthy and positive way. Like we said, on the flip side of, of all of this is going back to this idea of does being a slut, though, kind of prevent, does it prevent you from deeper meaningful relationships? You know, the ladies that, the women that wrote Ethical Slut would of course say that no, it actually 
there is value in every sexual experience that you have, right? That you could fall in love with someone and be creatively inspired for just an evening or a moment, and, or that you could find meaning and authenticity and, and genuine connection from being in a deep, long-lasting relationship that goes for years and years and years. But I think what I've grappled with myself, recently at least, is I find myself judging uh, the experiences that I have at times and thinking, am I having... And is the amount of sex that I'm having preventing me from finding true love, not even true love, or just long lasting love, meaningful, deeper connections? I don't think it is, but I do struggle with that sometimes. I mean, is there is there such a thing as having too much sex? I think it's more the use of of sex versus having too much. Like with anything, moderation is important. Exactly. Are you are you are, are you escaping through se- your sexual interactions? Is 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 your sex coming from a happy place? Mm-hmm. Are you drowning or you know hiding your emotions um, and trying to fix s- solutions? You know, s- sex does help, right? But like, are you using it as a tool? to cover up other things that you may need to unpack in your life. Exactly. I mean, is it a distraction? Is right. it preventing you from your goals? I mean, it's. I think that sex can be used like any other addictive thing. It's like alcohol or drugs or, you know, you can use that to escape your reality. You know, if you're sitting at home jerking off on Grindr all day and not getting any work done because you're mm-hmm. trying to find someone to have sex with, you might need to reevaluate what you're doing just because it's not serving you, right? That's That's not sex positive, right? That's... A distraction. Overall, do I feel like I am having too much sex? No, I'd like to have more, to be honest. That's a yeah. <laughs> but would I like to have a meaningful relationship with someone for sure? And I don't think that I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think that we, as power versus, you know, we can be slutty uh, in an ethical have, way. Have, have as much sex as you want, right? And still, with as many partners as you'd like, and still find ways to have emotional connection we have plenty of friends that do this right and they do it in a respectful loving way and they are deeply madly in love with each other but they're you know they're two sluts (laughs) that found one another another. and i'm i'm positive you and i both are gonna find whenever we're meant to find a nice slutty boy that we can link arms with and have some fun with do you think your sexual behavior will change with you know when you fall in love I think it just depends on the needs of my whoever that partner might be. Yeah. There you know there's value in it. There's and I, value in sex. There's beauty in sex. And I think that the way to look at it too is like this is sex positivity and this is what it means to me as an individual. And then when I enter a relationship, this is another unit. It's me as an individual, then it's me in a relationship. So now we have to understand what sex positivity means to our relationship mm-hmm. and talk and discuss that versus we know what it means to me, but now I've entered a partnership and now I have to work through how this will work for us. And then that's where I think, you know, you make the certain decisions of, of what that means for you. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd like to know if you've had a, in, in a moment where you felt like you were being too slutty or you were feeling guilty about having too much sex. And how did you think through that? There have been times in my life when I know I'm having too much sex and the reason that it's it's too much is that I can tell that the re- that the reason that I'm doing it is the wrong for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. It's often for validation, it's often to feel wanted or to feel needed 
or to feel confident. And that should be something that comes from inside instead of seeking outside validation for it. Now, sometimes do like, do I want to go out and just find and be like wanted and desired and go home with someone that wants that? Sure. And I think that's totally okay every once in a while. But for me, it was taking a step back and realizing, oh, maybe there's something else that's missing in my life right now that I should stop avoiding and maybe put some energy on that instead of using sex as a way to fill that, to fulfill that need. And so I think if there's people, if there are people that are grappling with guilt, you have to ask yourself, where does this guilt come from? What is it rooted in? It, sometimes I think it's rooted in the puritanical upbringing that we have. But when I was coming out of this kind of conservative religious background that I had in my early 20s, I had to really process like, hey, you're feeling bad about having slept with multiple people uh, you know, recently because you were told that that was wrong. But did you actually feel, did it actually feel bad? Were you unhappy about it? Did you feel like it was disrespectful? Were you being dishonest with anyone? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to those questions are no, then I think you can go, you know what? I just had a fun time this week and that's okay. So I think there's part of it is like unpacking where that guilt comes from oftentimes it's from a puritanical place or from just like a conservative place that lives inside of you. I think that's a real, I, I happy you, um, you dived into that. I had a, a very similar experience actually. I was at an event over the summer, Burning Man. <laughs> you know, Burning Man can be wildly sexual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a place that recognizes freedom of expression in all forms. And sometimes, you know, I was, I was feeling lonely I had this romantic loneliness that was coming over me. And I think a large part of it was that I was, my camp was comprised of couples. And while I wasn't lonely from a friend perspective, like from a friend standpoint, because I have a lot of friends there, I like to think that I'm well loved. There was like this attention that I wanted and it was bothering me a little bit. Hmm. And I was going through the motions and I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna go have a bunch of sex to like feel this. Hmm. And I started chasing it. I was Mm. like chasing a sexual experience, chasing a sexual interaction for like two days. And then I got in front of myself and I was just like, you're grappling with um, a romantic loneliness, a a state that happens to people. Mm -hmm. You're you're dealing with that right now and you're trying to fill that with sex. Mm -hmm. And you respect and love sex enough to know that you don't need to fill this moment with sex even though you could. You just need to recognize that this is a state you're in deal go through the motions and then have sex when you're kind of out of that state right so that you're not washing that away i think in general it should be avoided using sex to escape feelings mm-hmm. and using you know sex to kind of to avoid whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment and so instead of feeling that loneliness and accepting it and letting it sit and linger mm-hmm. which could then allow for opportunity for change um, you know, it's easy to just be like, I'm just going to go fuck it out. But when we do feel those feelings, that longing, I think it's important to like recognize it, own it, feel it and say like, okay, I'm seeking out something more right now. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to use sex mm-hmm. to avoid that feeling. I think that overall, like sex positivity is, it's about taking ownership of ourselves and ownership of our decisions. And that's what it boils down to. You know, you you, Arby, own your body, your choices, your life, your needs, your desires. And whatever you need and whatever your truth is, is what you should own. 
And I don't think that that, that will keep anyone, keep us from loving and keeping yes. us, keep us from finding someone that we could have a deeper, meaningful relationship with. I think that if anything, as we take more ownership of our lives and take more ownership into our decisions, to our emotions, to our feelings, as we own them and allow ourselves to feel them, it's just the most beautiful, attractive thing ever. Um, I mean, I think overall, get out there, guys. Go out there and have some sex. And, or don't. <laughs> Go out there and and own whatever it is your truth is. And take the time to look inside and say, what do I need right now? What do I want? And be okay with that and feel comfortable with that. And sometimes it's going to be, you know, that you want some vanilla cuddling and other times it's gonna be that you want some kinky some adventures kinky. ways to go deep <laughs> sometimes you want to get or you may want a toy or you might want a toy i'm really trying to move into that that's good <laughs> that's good yeah i'm happy for you finding that truth that time right it's that time we're gonna talk about our hottest hookup of the week and you have something to share right oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean i think we both have something to share if i'm not right i yeah. heard i heard you got deep this week <laughs> how deep is your love how deep is your love how deep is your love um it's pretty deep <laughs> <laughs> that was intense yeah um that was a hot moment. I'm not gonna come. You don't have to. Th- yeah, I'm you don't gonna, need to. Let's say Arby got. I had a. I had an experience. He had. A, I had a exactly. really great, interesting sexual experience yeah. that I'm going to just leave it at that. Leave it at that. I had a very. Actually, I had the cutest experience. I had the cutest time. I, I mean, I met a boy. We were out at a party. And we're friends. We know each other. We've known each other for a while. Um, and we just, it was, there was just this like cute little magical spark uh, that was sweet and innocent. And um, and we kissed and we... Uh, sweet, innocent, party, Michael. <laughs> just trying to make sure. All I know, these are all, this is, <laughs> this is Party real. is pretty consistent. Party is consistent. Uh you know what it was we didn't have sex we didn't even we weren't even really we were naked we just uh, we kissed and we had a, a very sweet 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 time together and i realized how much how much i really do enjoy the build up like leading towards sex oh, and there's so sure. much more value in in those like intimate moments of connection when you are just like looking at each other and kissing and like holding and holding hands and um, I, 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 I'm, you know, and I think that you leave room for the imagination. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And who knows what could happen in the future. That's, what's great. And not to get sad and I'm not sad, but you know, I think that part of what I miss about being in a relationship are those kind of tender moments where like, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be having sex in order to feel like connected and intimate with someone. I think that it was just really nice. It was so nice. It was nice to have like a no pressure situation where we were just kissing and making out and, and then went back to one of our places. And, and there was this emotional, intimate connection. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. Just, you know, and just didn't have cuteness. to get all physical. No. Throw me around. Stinky me. sweat. <laughs> Slap me around. Release. <laughs> great escape. The great escape. 
No great escapes, no big releases. We just uh, were tender, and that, that was the best experience I had this week. Thanks for sticking with us so far, guys. We are so excited on a fabulous, gorgeous, sexy, brilliant friend of mine, Judea, as today's guest. Arby, unfortunately, isn't joining us for today's interview as he is currently attending a very magical wedding in India, but he sends all his vibes and his love. If you'd like to check out that wedding, you can go to his Instagram at Arby, A-H-H-H-B-I-E, and see how magical India has been for him. When Arby and I were first brainstorming who we could bring on for this episode, we knew that we wanted someone who could shake us up and challenge our understanding and beliefs on sex positivity and really school us on what it means to be a truly sex positive individual. I reached out to my good friend Matt Dos Santos, who's the legal director of ACLU Oregon and who does some amazing work with human rights issues throughout the state, including trans rights, sex workers' rights, and laws surrounding polyamory. Through this conversation, Matt suggested that I talk to Judea, the girlfriend of a good mutual friend of ours. I called her and our phone conversation literally blew my mind. I was truly inspired as I spoke to this radical goddess who really challenged my notions of what it means to be sex positive and why we really need more sexually woke women and men in the world today. Judea is a 28-year-old artist, writer, feminist, and activist who splits her time between Seattle, Washington, and Portland, Oregon. A California native, Judea is also an accomplished esthetician. She was also the producer of Pink Taco, a monthly sexploration and variety show benefiting and celebrating the LGBTQ community of Seattle. And one last little detail. For the past six years, Judea has worked as a stripper and a sex worker. This has both shaped and formed her experiences and understanding of what sex positivity means and is and can be and why we all should be more sex-positive individuals. I am so happy to have her on the show today. So welcome, Judea. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, so I guess let's jump right in and, and dive into who you are. And I, I, really want the, I really want everyone at home to be able to know your full story because it's actually pretty crazy. I, I, I feel like we keep bringing on uh, individuals on the show that have these really crazy backgrounds. So tell us though, you <clears throat> actually grew up in a cult. I did. I grew up a cult, in a cult in the Stanislaus National Forest, so miles from Yosemite. And I was also excommunicated from that cult, but it was like a very radical, based on like apocalyptic cult that like in the end of the world came, we would, you know, be saved, like beamed up basically to heaven. This is this like a Jesus-y thing? Yeah, was... they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're Jesus-y. Very, like, I would, if I were you, I'd think more like Pentecostal, Baptist, like, high, like brimstone and like, patriarchally ran, so ran by a woman. Oh. But women didn't have rights, basically. So we wore skirts. You had to wear full bathing suits. There was no tattoos. The way your the type of underwear you wore was, you know, based on that. And it was also based on hierarchy. So if you're a married woman... And you were, you know, you're, obviously the husband was the head of your household, but you, you were able to have some sort of voice within the church. Were you born into the cult? Yeah, I was born into it. Mm -hmm. How was sex viewed inside of, of the church then? What was taught to you about sex as you were growing up? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just like deep shame. I was such a little dyke from the get-go, though. It was very much like the woman's body was very much hidden. Like, we wore skirts. Uh -huh. We... That we didn't talk about sex. I remember getting in really big trouble for my Barbies 
you know, fucking or playing, you know, Barbie sex games. Uh-huh. Okay, so sex is not something that's really talked about. How did you how did you come into your sexuality then? I think I've always <laughs> just been a very hypersexual human. Right. So I was I mean, from from the beginning, I've always been like, "Oh, yeah, let's let's touch vaginas or whatever." <laughs> so when I first scissors were your favorite tool as a child, oh my God. <laughs> best crafting tool. <laughs> so I I don't know. I think that like originally, I like definitely just wanted to play naughty little games. Right. Uh, my first girlfriend was in the cult, and I didn't know. First of all, lesbians, homosexuals, whatever have you, is like a ultimate sin. Well, like murder ten babies. Right. I think most gay people go through like this guilt, your reality, which is like you're just homosexual. It's not that big of a deal. Right. But it, it feels like the whole world crashing on you, right? When you're like identifying it. I didn't <laughs> sleep with men at all high school, and then my first like real boyfriend, he was great. He was so cool. He's still one of my best friends. And I never got picked on for being a dyke. Like, I never got fucked with. He's like, this is my girlfriend. She's a lesbian. Did you leave the You left the cult We got then. excommunicated from the cult. We got, like, booted out. Because they of were you. Like, no, because my siblings are old school punk rockers. They're ah, like, okay. like not old school, mid school, I guess, because it was like the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, we got excommunicated when I was like 12. Oh, okay. We got, okay, so. We got at, kicked out. But, at, but does your. So you got kicked out of the church, but does your family still hold, or your mom at least, hold these religious beliefs? Like, oh, is she yeah. worried about I think she's the apocalypse right still? No, no, I think the apocalypse is, that, that ship's passed. Okay. Not just but, Jesus. Yeah, no, the, the apocalypse, I, I'm pretty sure, because it didn't come so many times. So now we're at... Like, 19, and I just packed up. I was dating the dude, uh-huh. and I'd slept with some guys, because the thing is too it's really interesting I think for a lot of people I don't know some people are just gold stars but there's a time when you're like fuck can this not be my truth right like yeah I be, yeah yeah. like the fear <laughs> being like fuck do I like, God, like the only way I can get off is like to envision a chick like did you feel bad about having sex like regardless of if it was a man or a woman was it, was it a neg- was there any type of negativity like oh my gosh I shouldn't be doing this or like it's bad to have sex necessarily no I think that that's probably why I was such a bad little cult kid and why I was always in trouble <laughs> is I don't, and maybe I just am lacking a moral compass, but I don't have shame in sex. Right. I don't see it. And that's what's interesting as like a sex worker. I never fucked dudes sober when I was in the closet or if I were just like fucking around. Like I never would have st- sober sex as right. a man. Right. And that was like my sign. Oh, sh- there's obviously you're a lesbian if you got to be wasted thinking about chicks getting fucked. Right. Like big problem. Right. So I was 19. I, mo- I did move to Seattle and fully came out. Mm-hmm. But. And tell us about Seattle at that time. I mean, Seattle's kind of always been a bit of a queer haven, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. My first house in Seattle, I lived with seven. So I went from living like with seven dudes to living in this house in the woods by myself through this breakup that I had to living in a house with seven lesbians in North Seattle. We did not, literally, we did not speak to men unless we had to buy cigarettes at the fucking store. We just laid around and watched the L Word. Our entire living room was a bed. (laughs) Had a bunch of, like, mattresses in our living room. (laughs) It was just, like, a ton of chicks all the time. I used to watch that show all the time. Getting high, fucking around. That That was my introduction to being in the city. I was like, great. You're a sex worker mm-hmm. and a stripper. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing it? Six years. Six years. And what was your first introduction? To, how did you make the decision to become a sex worker? Well, so when I moved from the woods, I answered a Craigslist ad to be a cocktail waitress at 
a club. And in my mind, like, I don't, I wasn't a club person. Like, and so in my mind, I'm thinking it's like, you know, the tail chicks, like the tail lesbians. Like, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking it's like house music. With like and whiskers I'm, on. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be music. like a cocktail way, just like serving <laughs> drinks uh-huh. at a nightclub. It was Rick's in, in, in um, North Seattle. Which and Rick's is, is like a pretty infamous. Infamous, closed down by the feds. Like, really infamous strip club. Right. Um, and I walked in. I, like, walked in for my job because they hired me on the spot, but it was a, at a different location where they hired me, not at the club. Got and it. so I still, up until I walked in to work, didn't know that it was a strip club. I had no <laughs> idea. And so I started working at the strip club as a cocktail waitress, and I was making really good money. Just these customers were just paying me to sit with them. Right. I mean, you talked earlier about how, as a in the les, in the house of lesbians in Seattle, you guys didn't speak to men. Do you have, and I and I really I do understand, I or I think I understand it, but I'd like to understand more. Where does that perspective come from? Do you feel like you hate? Do you hate? Do you like hate about men? No. Or like, not at all. I, I mean, because I, I know there all. are some like radical lesbians or radical <laughs> queer people that just really hate men, and I understand why. Because like white, straight men, they are you know they're really terrible. So is there? I hate patriarchy. I hate the constructs of what the society is. I hate the fact that if I want to take 10 dicks or, you know, 20 vaginas, I, that makes me a fucking asshole. Right. I, I hate that there's so much shame around the fact that this is my body. And if I want to do whatever I want with it, like, that's my, that's me. This horrible thing. I, so I don't, I hate the ideas that a lot of men live by and what patriarchy is in our society and how it's shaming and I hate that but I don't hate men no and, and that's even straight men I don't even hate straight men right majority of them I think are fucking idiots but <laughs> like that's just it's just that that's that but I'm so glad I am who I am I'm so glad that I'm a dyke that like I make bank off these dudes and also some people like I feel like there's there's a safety factor in being this person that I am. If you want me to dress up like a schoolgirl and yada, 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 you're getting that from a consensual adult right. in a safe space rather than going out and fucking around with some actual schoolgirl. Right. And also, people need to be touched. There's, there needs to be human connection and, like, the reduction of what the shame is around it. I, I do think... Can you talk a little bit about... I know some... there. There's sex workers like you that are, like, completely... In control, right? It's all very consensual. I, I think that one of the criticisms about sex work is that as women or people that are put into sex work, that it's outside of their control. Have you encountered that? I mean... Oh, yeah. What do we need to do as a society to protect sex worker and protect, wi- protect women so that they're not placed into these unhealthy situations where it's outside of their control, where it's not consensual? Um, well, I mean, do we need all, to decriminalize it, needs, it? Yeah, it needs to be decriminalized, first of all. It's the oldest profession in the world. And, I mean... You can't, the thing about it is you can't guarantee anything. And especially the form that I do, like, I'm not online. I'm not, I don't work like that. So I think the only way to make it safe is to raise our sons, raise boys, to make men accountable for the fucked up shit they do to women, to make them accountable and to be like, this is terrible, this is shitty, you can't do this. I've definitely been in really unsafe spaces and I've been hurt because I, I am who I am. Whether it be deep slut shaming from lesbian in the or queer chick in the community and lost my job as a teacher, right. um, whether it's a man trying to 
get something for free and kicking my ass. Like right. there's a there's it's it's unsafe because we've made it an unsafe structure. Right. We've it's it's been built to be unsafe. Right. And it doesn't have to be. Well, and that's all based in puritanical beliefs that mm-hmm. sex shouldn't be something that is that sex is only supposed to be done in a certain way. Yeah. And this kind of parlays like into this conversation that we have been having on this episode today about sex positivity. So I just, you know, I want to say, what does it mean to you? I want to ask you, what does it mean to be sex positive? What is sex positivity? As like a, just a lesbian, as a sex worker? Uh, as <laughs> just like a person. Judea. As Judea. Okay. Um, like what, is, what does it mean to be a sex? You are a sex positive individual. Yeah. I mean, you ooze sex positivity. Oh, <laughs> so what does it mean to be sex positive? I think... For me, I think it's being honest with myself and my partner. Sex positivity is like realizing who you are and what your needs are and fucking owning that. And then also owning what your partner or the person that you're with, whether you're in a polyamorous relationship or an open relationship or a monogamous relationship, is validating the fact that we are sexual beings and we're going to have desires and truly actually seeing it within ourselves and within the people that we're sharing our space with. I think sex positivity is a huge part of being safe within your sex. If you're only fucking when you're, you know, shit-faced drunk, maybe try it sober. You know what I mean? Like, I... And again, if you're only fucking when you're shit-faced drunk, I can get that shit. Like, right. no, I'm not, you know, saying, like, shame on you if you only can get drunk when you have sex. Right. I think that it's just being truly, genuinely honest with yourself and your body and your needs and... Allowing yourself to not hold deep shame or guilt or any of those, any of those drawbacks that can that can actually fester, and you could be a part of the problem of such shaming, of of like what it is to be and not be sex positive. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and teaching us. We, I mean, I love you so much, and I love you too. Thank uh, you. This is what I needed. This is these are the types of conversations that we need to have. Just Mm -hmm. talking frankly about sex and what it looks like and and how to use sex in a positive way in our lives so yeah well and i also welcome anyone that's listening to this like hit me up if you especially any sex workers that feel like if i said anything that was offensive to you or hurtful like i'm would love to have a conversation and understand where you're coming from what your needs are and how i could be a better ally as a sex worker to other sex workers or people who are living um being slut shamed or whatever like i'm more than happy to be schooled if, if need be. So you are welcome to talk to me. I open I open those lines. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you as well. You can send uh, send those notes to Judea at powerversepodcast at gmail.com and we'll pass those on to her. And in the future, we can respond to those as well. You can also uh, send us your thoughts about this episode as well at powerversepodcast at gmail.com. Judea, thank you so much for Thank you. And don't out me. People, yeah. don't out me. Like, if you see me or meet me, my um, don't talk about my work. If I engage in conversation with you, then you are welcome to do that. But don't out me. You can just call me Jay if you want to have conversations about this. Like, I would really appreciate and respectfully for my safety, like literally for my life to be safe. Yeah. I'm requesting that you don't out me and or communicate with me unless I've communicated to you that I'm okay with having that conversation in public because my, my safety is literally on the line outing myself. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing. Wow. I just learned so much. Thank you so much, Judea, for coming on and for teaching us about sex positivity and for your willingness to open up and share your story with us and your experiences. Uh, I'm just 
so grateful. That's it. That's it. Another great episode of Powerverse. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at PowerversePC, on Instagram at Powerverse Podcast, and on Facebook you can find us. We're Powerverse. Check out our website, www.powerverse.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. And as always, we want to hear from you. So send us your comments, your woofs, your likes. Ideas you might have to powerversepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you like what you heard today, please tell your friends about us, share us. We love your reviews as well, so make sure to drop those reviews on Apple and we might read some in the future. I'm Michael. I'm RB. And thanks for listening, guys. Bye.